0: Lorenzo.
1: And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the tea-in-your-tealo, Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with the low-in-your-tealo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband.
0: Hello. How
1: are you? I am
0: fine and ready for Thanksgiving and, and pumpkin pie.
1: Oh, my goodness. I have so much to do over the next five days. I'm yes, very excited. This is not complaining at all because I'm just going to...
0: You love to bake.
1: Blow my baking wad over yes. the next eight days and then I won't have to... I won't have the um the sort of temptation to overbake through the holidays right. which is always an issue with us. Yes, but so. we're going to try not to do. But that we are doing a small gathering at our place on Thanksgiving Day. Um and we're doing it non-traditional. Lorenzo's a vegetarian, so I'm doing Martha Stewart's butternut sage Amazing. butternut squash and sage Amazing. lasagna And I'll do an apple pie. We're having like I said we're having a few people over, so I'll do an apple pie for that and uh, there are some kids coming, so I'll bake some gingerbread cookies to go with that, and I might even do an ice cream. Yeah, you have to explain. We're but That, doing, that well, might be freaking over. That's for
0: Thanksgiving Day because I we also, are celebrating. I said that. Yeah,
1: I said, mm-hmm. okay. thank you. And uh, <laughs> the following, the Saturday after Thanksgiving is our big family Thanksgiving when all of our cousins, all of my siblings, all of my in-laws, nieces and nephews, blah, 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 there's going to be a full 30 people. All um, vaccinated. All vaccinated and mostly boosted, except for my five year old, nie- my four year old niece. And um, we're going to try and do a lot of it outside. Right, right, There's right. a huge outdoor space where we're doing it, and the weather shouldn't be too cold. And uh, so we'll see, we're, but we're doing it relatively safely. Anyway, for that, I have to do a cheesecake, a dozen cupcakes, a carrot cake, a 20 pound bird, the gravy, and the cornbread dressing. Wow. Yes, so I'm a busy, Um, busy girl in the next few days. No, it's fun. I love it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, I won't be revealing this secret to any family members who aren't listening to this podcast. But most of the stuff I'm doing ahead of time and freeze not the turkey or the gravy. Um, But you can freeze a cheesecake and it's fine. You can freeze an apple pie and it's fine. You can Can freeze cupcakes and they're fine. So I'm probably going to do a lot of that this weekend just to... Get it all done.
0: Amazing. I know. I am amazing. And the place smells amazing every day. It time will smell made. amazing,
1: yeah. and you will be polishing things, and it will look amazing. <laughs> I know because we are amazing <laughs> hosts. And then, uh, pretty much by next Sunday, we're putting up our tree. I know because we're ready to go. Yeah,
0: I'm ready. I'm ready for things. I mean, I'm ready for Christmas.
1: I'm ready but, for yeah. it too. We I have agree. really earned it this year, especially since last year's was so yeah. Ugh, depressing. And anyway. We
0: have, and we have a new tree and you know, and it's beautiful and it's all, gigantic. And our five thousand ornaments. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, so much much to do over the next <laughs> couple of days. Um we are keeping the podcast rather simple this week. We are going Very to talk excited. about Spencer. Yes. The film with um, Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. It's been much discussed over the last you know year, and especially in the last month. It was released in theaters two weeks ago. Directed
0: week. by Pablo Lorraine.
1: Yes. And we got to see who I think is so cute. We were just talking about how cute he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, so we finally got to see it, and we have thoughts. And this is not a strict review, as always. We're trying to we try and do these things that are more right. like discussions around certain points. But we will talk about the film. There is no, I don't even know how do you even spoil a film like
0: about Diana about yeah.
1: Diana. But I we won't get into very specific, very specific discussions yeah, of right, how right. it's constructed. But um, I'll start off, and then you know you jump in, of sure. course. Um, when Kristen Stewart was announced, at, right. uh, the casting of her in this role, I, my immediate thought, we both said this, was, you know, that's so counterintuitive that I think it could be perfect. Um, she has a really uh, innate understanding of reticence and reluctance around the press. She knows what it's right. like to be at the hands of a press fervor and hate it. Mm-hmm. She she walks around with a wall. As a celebrity, she, there's a wall. Um, that she learned to put up at a young age. So there's a lot there. Her not being British and obviously not being an aristocrat means there's a lot that she has to bridge. But when it comes to the essence of what this film was trying to say about Diana, she is perfectly cast. And um, I thought... That she, based on previous... People seem to think she's a bad actress based on Twilight, which that ended 10 years ago. That's like... I'll I'll get to... That's like saying Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, come on.
0: At a certain point... She was painfully bad. Uh, She
1: was, but she was in a terrible movie and little more than a teenager.
0: And I think... She hated that whole thing of uh, in a way because she was forced to be someone she's not at the time. Right. And I think that kind of reflected a little. And the movie, I mean, the movie's okay, but they were both horrible in the beginning and they kind of got They'd much, rather, much better. better. They've
1: been rather open yeah. about their disdain for the material. And right. They both, she and Robert Pattinson, have had fairly... Uh, good careers, fairly critically acclaimed careers. And they've done interesting work. In fact, I think they've done more interesting work than most he, of the her, Harry Potter cast. He did that
0: incredible movie, The Lighthouse, whatever movie, right? Yeah. Beautiful movie, black and white movie, fantastic. And she did that, I always forget the title, the one she shot. Personal shopper. Personal shopper. She's phenomenal. Ups. Yeah. Um,
1: so she is a talented actress. And uh, although she, people don't seem to realize that, who haven't seen maybe her less... Well, a lot of her best work was done in smaller independent films, so people see Twilight and that's all they see. Anyway, and we gloated when the pictures came out, and even then, people were like, you know, I don't see it, I don't get what you guys are talking about, and then the critical acclaim came out, and people were still saying, I don't see it, I don't get it. Um, So, we finally got to watch it last night, and... After all that gloating and, all, and everything, I still think we were right, but I also think there are some things worth critiquing about. Right. no, absolutely. Not just about the film, but also specifically about her performance. But let me say this, she's excellent. She's excellent. There. there really are times when you forget that you're not watching Princess Diana. Right. You're not watching some private video right. of Princess Diana. And I don't want to say it's because it's purely perfect mimicry. Although it is, here's my shocking take, it's better than Emma Corrin.
0: Yes, you you mentioned
1: that. one. by far a better, more accurate take on Diana than Emma Corrin. But here's what I'll say about Emma Corrin and her version. It didn't matter that the mimicry wasn't there with Emma all the time because she was so good at playing the youthful Diana, the coquettish, unsure, barely out of her teen years Diana. She was perfect for that, and... Kristen Stewart is not playing that version of no. the character. She's playing a Diana of roughly 30, 10 years into her marriage. Right, with and kids in fact, and all. ironically, yeah. she's playing pretty much the same Diana that Emma Corrin plays in the final scene, her final scene of The Crown, which takes place at Christmas in Sandringham. Uh, it's I don't know why that, but she, it ends right about the point in The Crown um, where Emma Corrin was starting to not be a believable Diana because right. we were getting into the older... Um, more classically stylish, more cynical Diana of the 90s. And Emma Korn was best at playing, you know, the virgin Diana, so You know
0: why? I wish we had seen Elizabeth uh, Debicki. Before be- Kristen Stewart? Before, yeah. We'll see. Because Before she will we, be yeah, playing that be, Diana. Uh, right. She's going to be playing that Diana. And she's excellent. She's yeah. an excellent uh, actor. And she'll do a great job. She, sure will. she will.
1: I mean, the thing that Elizabeth Debicki has going for her that none of the other... I mean, Emma Corrin, I think, is fairly tall, but Elizabeth Debicki is extremely tall. I think she's 6'3". I believe Diana was only about I know. 5'10". She's so tall. But I think part of the mystique of Diana uh, uh, as a figure, uh, and I mean literally the visual of her, was that she was this... Tall woman who could have been imposing, but mostly spent her life being very coquettish in the way she presented herself down, you know, looking down and, uh, you know, that sort of thing, tilting her head, very princessy and only a super tall woman like I will say Kristen Stewart couldn't get that part of Diana. The, the fact that Diana was a giraffe walking through the world. Right, she was a... a shy call, giraffe. Yeah.
0: But she she does her best. I mean, like... Uh, oh. <clears throat> some Pardon scenes, me. all you all you see are her legs, her gigantic legs. I mean, the, the camera does a very good job and that's the job of the director. Very short skirts. Yeah, like very short skirt and you see a lot of legs and, and high heels and so... The y- body language is definitely The body there. language is there all the time.
1: What I would like in her Performance too, and this could sound like a terrible turnoff when I make this uh, comparison. Is it's? It reminded me an awful lot of um Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher, and in the sense that um it is a complete transformation of someone. She, there is just no Kristen Stewart yeah, in there. But not at she's all. acting down to her fingertips, her posture, every step she takes, every move she makes. I'm sorry, I'm doing a police lyrics thing here. <laughs> is Acting—it It is not just moving. It is considered and it is, it is meant to build a certain version of this person that may not be right out of the newsreels or the video of the period, but there, it gets to a certain truth. And I do feel as—it's not as mannered as Jillian Anderson's performance was in the sense, you know, sometimes it was very distracting to watch her. But I will say there are certain scenes where the Diana ticks— sort of overtake her performance briefly, where I'm like, all right, you're giving me way too much Diana drag right now. She's very good at it. The halting way of speaking, the whispery voice, the way she tilts her head, and the way she looks up from under her eye, you know, all of that is dead on to the point where I really did have to remind myself that, right, right, this isn't behind the scenes Diana. I
0: think she's excellent all the time, except when when the director wants... Diana to be a little over the top and I think it's hard to I think it's hard for her to go there and not lose character you know what I mean like like when she's completely like going you know obsessed about things I don't want to get well we are going to get
1: into the take on Diana once we get done with right but I think that's
0: the part when she can't handle uh well is when she has to you know tone it up a lot more uh right just pump up the volume a little little more than what she's doing. But the voice is there, the accent, the way she talks. um, It's a perfectly
1: built portrait of someone from the ground up. It is constructed. Every bit of it was considered. And it's not about accuracy, it's it's more of an impressionistic painting of Diana than the it is... The whole
0: movie, the whole movie. Well, this is, like is what that, we're going to yes. get
1: into, Is is and that fits within uh, the style of the movie, which is very, very unusual. Uh, Pablo Lorraine, the director, made some unusual choices that are... I think this is why critics have fallen in love with the film so much, is because um, it's not... I just really would struggle to call a film like this a biopic... Mm -hmm. I feel, and maybe this is because I know the the broad outlines of Diana's life pretty well, just having written about the royal family over Mm -hmm. the years, you kind of have to know all this stuff. And I could tell from the almost... Very actually, from the very beginning, the fact that she gets lost on the way to Sandringham, I'm like, okay, well, that's not accurate. You know, you realize you're doing. He's doing a take on her, and it is a very almost fantastical take on who she was, on what she was like, and on what she was facing. The world that she inhabits in this film is just not the real world. And I mean that not just in the sense that, oh, the royal life is so strange. I mean, she's actually existing in some strange fantasy space where the rules of time and physics do not actually... I'm liter- this is literally right. the film. I like, think
0: I think everything represents something. Like when she says, I'm lost, you know, clearly it's... <laughs> of course. The director's saying, it's I'm lost. It's all metaphor and You're symbols. lost. Exactly. You're, you're lost. You, you're absolutely lost. Um... I love the way... I mean, he uh, he directed Jackie also. Uh, do you think he had the same kind of take?
1: No, this is Jackie? why I, it was so interesting to me. Uh, you know, uh, we said it, and everybody said it when the first trailers for, came out for this film, where it just seemed like he's... Is this part of some trilogy? Is there going to be a third version about some other woman who mm-hmm. is in the halls of power, but in tremendous pain, wearing couture and crying and drinking? You know, it... it, it the The... The trailers especially seem to tick off a lot of boxes that reminded you of Jackie. But the thing about Jackie was, I mean, the film could get very lyrical in how it portrayed things, very poetic in how it portrayed things, but it was more or less the actual story. Like, that is pretty right. much... It was,
0: it was more accurate. It was more pretty accurate. much yeah.
1: how Jackie acted post-assassination. Post it was right, all about right. how she established Camelot. And... Um, and yeah, it just felt that felt like a biopic, like it was a slice of someone's life and it was giving you an accurate slice of that person's life. Here's the thing about Spencer is that it's not I don't feel that it It didn't feel like a slice of Diana's life. It didn't feel nothing that happens in this film. You kept turning to me and saying, did that really happen? And, I, and finally, I was like, listen, nothing happened. None of this happened this is all made up. All of the uh, characters who aren't Royal family members are made up characters. And they actually, they, most of the Royal family does not even speak in the film. Um, Charles and the queen each get maybe two or three lines. Well, he gets some more. Um, It is her. And it is mostly her dealing with the staff in the household um, because she can't deal with the family. And because she identifies with the staff or whatever it is, what well, my point I want to make about this is it's very impressionistic. It is very much this this interpretation of Diana as a figure using the broader points of her emotional journey. Right, so, right. so much of what, and I, I did turn to you at one point and I said, there's, this would offend so many family members and friends of her hers. And that may be a mark against it for, for anyone who's listening to this, and we're going to unpack that in a little bit right. about the right of people to tell this story that, whatever way but they he want does, to. he
0: does, <clears throat> excuse me, he does emphasize her demons and and whatever we think. This is why I think the family, yes, because it, they is, can't handle it, it, it is
1: every mental yeah. health issue Diana ever right. had compressed right. into one weekend. So there's self-harm, there's suicidal ideation, there's bulimia, there's... And it's all packed in there. The, I don't think there's anything about Pill taking or anything like that, but it's compressed at a, at a to and to compress someone's decade of mental illness struggles into one weekend is to really turn them into an intensely troubled figure where even you were like, Jesus Christ, she needs to get over it because it's so boiled down to the essence of right. everything Diana suffered over, say, her 16 years of marriage or whatever is compressed into a three day weekend. So it's intense. It gets to and be operative. too much every now and then. Yeah. It and, does.
0: And the music also—it's—he—he uh, he liked that kind of music that intense. Uh, well, it, he know. did a
1: very counterintuitive thing: is that he has this sort of—it's um, not sort of—it's like an instrumental jazz soundtrack through the whole thing. Now, this is not a musical style that you associate with her at all. Right, she right. liked pop music, um, but it really gets to—it is. In a lot of ways, it's a horror movie about a woman who's unraveling. So it gets to that sense of her mind just running ahead of itself, just right. running out of control. It, it's
0: beautifully shot. The gorgeous. scenes are gorgeous. They're like I'm. I'm. They're postcards. They're so beautiful. The lining is perfect. It has. This that, is not the crown. No, no, it's not the crown at all. Um, and it, and it's just beautiful. There are some scenes outside that, with combined with the costumes, it's just absolutely breathtaking. Um. And her performance. Yes. You know what else is breathtaking? Yes.
1: The selection of uh, holiday gifts at Uncommon Goods. We have so much Diana and Spencer to talk about. Let's shop. Yes, let's shop for a second. If you're anything like us, you want to win that Best Gift Giver Ever title this holiday season, we've got a secret source for that. It's Uncommon Goods. Uncommon Goods has just right gifts for all your loves and likes. We're talking moms, dads, teens, in-laws, besties, your one and only. It's not stuff you can find just anywhere. Uncommon Goods has unique and creative gifts, often handmade by independent artists and makers, and they have gift guides to help you match the right gift to the right person. I was just going through their gift guides this morning, and they're broken down for family and Friends, gifts for her, gifts for him. Gifts they always for the have teens, incredible. And I love yes. all the home goods stuff, the homemaking stuff. There's um, an advent shower steamer set, which I again, I hope there's no family members listening because that's on my list. There is the cutest outdoor wine table for holding all your glasses and your bottles. Oh. oh again, don't want to give away who I might give that to. I was looking at the, the unwind lavender, lavender yeah. gift set. Yes. I know. You, see, now I probably shouldn't mentioned that to yeah, you. Yeah, cuz no. I
0: love lavender. Cuz I might have to get love, love 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 lavender. Have to give that brand.
1: Yes. Um, but there's all kinds of fun things on the gift for everybody on your list and um, this is such a strange time for shopping. It uh, you know, it's know. nice to have everything all in one place that you can rely on. Which brings me to my next point. Who knows what holiday shopping will look like this season? And the unique gifts and uncommon goods can sell out fast. So shop now and get it taken care of early. We are so into our early Christmas shopping yeah, this year because into we absolutely have everything to be. Christmas yes. this year. Well, no, because of, you know, you want to yeah, make sure that I know,
0: that you... I know, I know. Everyone's taken
1: care of. Uncom- uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. Choose from... Oh, Uncommon Goods also offers uncommon experiences. Uh, choose from o- live online classes in mixology, cooking, flower arranging, embroidery, and more from hand-picked artists and experts. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. So, to get 15% off your next gift, go to UncommonGoods.com slash T-L-O. That's UncommonGoods.com slash T-L-O for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. Okay, so when I say that Spencer is not the... It's really not The Crown. Um, The Crown is a television soap opera, and it's really well done. It's prestige television. It looks gorgeous, but... This is a much more, again, poetic, impressionistic right. version of that world. It is specifically being shown to you through the eyes of a woman who is deeply troubled. So these figures are made to look like horror figures in more, more or less.
0: Right. It's a more much more unattached version of, of Diana in the sense that, you know, it, it's not paying any amazing homage to the family or the crown and all that. It
1: is one of the most critical yeah, looks at that family. Extremely critical. Uh, yeah. They are made to look like monsters. I'm mean,
0: At some point I was like, Oh my God, these people are miserable. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so, and this again might not appeal to, um, fans of the crown. It might not appeal to people who feel that Diana is, deserves something better or whatever. And we are going to kind of get into that uh, n- next. But I think it's a gorgeous, beautiful, haunting film.
0: I definitely want to watch it again. Yeah. I and I think
1: there is um, a specifically... It, there are times when it, it it goes into extra, you know, excess. Um, like Grand Guignol style melodrama and the way it's shot. I mean, there's a scene. You know the scene where she's going up the staircase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, okay, it's... This is too much. You have gone a little too far into horror movie for me. And so, I mean, the film does have its excesses, but it is a beautiful, beautiful film that I I can't stop thinking about. And like I said, there is a point, there's there's a montage actually near the end of the film. That shows Diana at various stages in her life, including her girlhood. It shows her in all of these, um, you know, haute couture gowns, and it's just all of these images of Diana. And I, that collage, that montage itself, I it only lasts a minute or two, really achieves it. It's what the film is trying. That's the moment where the film achieves what it had set out to do, which is to give you a sense of her as a person that transcends say you know mimicry or accuracy it is a um an interpretation of her that felt very true there was just that moment where i was like this feels like a tribute to the real diana
0: i think the movie does a good job also uh depicting her as this person that was all was very lovely was going through hell but at the t- at the same time very difficult She was a time. nightmare i'm just going to be honest yeah, yeah. Uh, especially in this movie she's a nightmare so it, it it's interesting and it's nice that it the director made sure to show all these sides of uh, I agree. diana um when she's with her kids, you know, you see her with the kids. We see her with, with the husband uh, and with the family. And, with her, and, the various staff
1: members that yeah, she likes. And exactly, the ones that, exactly. It's very interesting. There's a recurring theme. Because she spends so much time talking to staff members rather than the family, um, this sort of motif keeps popping up. And I turned to her, to you, and I said, you know... This is when I realized, okay, this is not like a hagiography of someone. This is really going to take a critical look at everybody involved. And one of the things about Diana that it really hammered home was she may have identified with the staff, but she made their lives hell. By being so histrionic, by constantly putting them in positions where they had to
0: they could have gotten fired could, there were at yeah. least
1: 3 or 4 instances where she asked staff members to do stuff for her that would have gotten them fired yes. would have ruined yeah. their careers yeah. and I'm, and but i think that's good i think that's no i think Diana was a good no job. saint yeah, right. and anybody who lives in that world that royal world and partakes of that lifestyle um i don't care how bad it is for you how painful it is for you when you make the people under you suffer for it that's not that doesn't reflect well on you.
0: Right. I mean, when you, these people have a job to do, and when they can't do their job, then they suffer in a way. And to be at that level, you right. are
1: high level in your career. I mean, I maybe it sounds silly to say this about housekeeping staff and stuff like. But if you are the queen's housekeepers at Sandringham at Christmas time, you are the very top of your profession. Right,
0: and it's probably the whole family that the same thing. You know that right. kind of stuff it goes from from generation to generation. Exactly.
1: And, so to put people like that in, right. and she, it's a very persistent motif that, it, and I think it's deliberate. It's trying to show you you know that Diana was not easy to deal with um the other thing that i think is fascinating again it's this interpretive choice um of how so that you get to see the world through Diana's eyes is that the the film is completely obsessed with two things and they would have been two of the major obsessions in Diana's life one is the fashion um which is not not treated like something she enjoys, but it's it's something that she can't escape. You know, so the every outfit is just photographed and discussed. Right. Most of the drama is between her and her dresser and the per and the and her other dresser um, about what she will wear and what she won't wear. The complete over the top melodrama about the pearl necklace, which I won't even get into, but it is so right operatic right. and out of it's way past the realm right, of but- accuracy, but. it was something that Diana couldn't escape. The image of Diana, the prettiness. She talks about being pretty. She talks about having to wear the clothes. And then the other thing is the film consistently shows you all of the food preparation, all of the ridiculous amounts of food on display for the family. It is love. It's as beautifully photographed as any couture gown. All the food looks looks incredible, amazing. And there's a scene where she's in a walk-in refrigerator at night. You can guess why. They had a similar scene in The Crown. And I was so distracted, because at one point on one of the shelves was a sliced, perfectly dressed and garnished roast. And I kept thinking, why would there be a full, on a silver platter, who would store that that way? Wouldn't that dry out? You wouldn't slice a roast a, a day before serving it. And that's when I was like, again, this is all impressionistic. So it, Diana sees a room full of every sp- form of food imaginable dressed right. to perfection for her to be tempted by it doesn't matter whether that makes any sense realistically and for me that is like a synecdoche ooh i use that word correctly <laughs> of the entire film it is yeah in synecdoche meaning it's like a small thing that that um represents an entire thing so that small sliced roast represents the entire right. unrealistic um, approach to the film.
0: Right. And there are signs everywhere. The fact that she, in the movie, she refused to eat with the family. Or she's always late avoiding to eat.
1: It's all family. Yeah. Food and clothes.
0: She's avoiding to, uh, eat in front of the family. Uh, and she's never present. Um, and the clothes, uh, the clothes, the, the costumes are absolutely gorgeous. Everything is gorgeous. And because Kristen Stewart has an affiliation with Chanel, the costume designer, Jacqueline Duran. um, Asked for the help of of Chanel to design some of the looks, and and she talks about because the movie has such a huge creative license in terms of like nothing is real, always imagined. Diana
1: supposedly hated Chanel because the double C logo reminded her of Charles and Camilla. Because
0: there is a a, there is, I laughed actually. There's a scene where you can actually see there's almost like a close up of the bag, the Chanel bag, and I was like. No way in hell! Diana <laughs> hated Chanel because yes. it was—I believe it was Camilla's brand—and like when
1: she used to see the double C logo, it reminded her of. But anyway, I mean, that's how melodramatic she the, could be. Uh,
0: di- the thing is that clothes were very, very important for her. Uh, she, uh, there are reports, and she even mentioned several times that she used to read the paper the next day just to see what they thought about what she was wearing. Right. And then she would change the way she dressed based on those reviews and critiques right. and so on for the next event and, and so on. So, she, yeah, she was very much focused on what, you know, worried or, you know, focused on what she wore. Um, so the, the, the custom designer, again, Jacqueline Duran, uh, does a very good job. And I read interviews with her saying that, again she just kind of like went with a whole imagination of the yeah, whole yeah. thing and creative outfits that kind of look like iconic pieces, but they're not necessarily. They're exactly. not referential. No, they're not.
1: And if you're an expert on Diana's um, style and I you can, don't no, count myself no. as an expert, but I count myself as high level knowledgeable, you can look and you'd be like, that's not her. That's not that Diana. Right. Wouldn't it wear that.
0: kind of, but it is but a, not quite right. She, uh, got her inspiration from photos between 1988 and 1992. Yeah. And there are two outfits in the movie that I absolutely love. The first one is the uh, red coat and, and hat. I mean, that yep. that look is amazing. And it's actually kind of like an ins- inspired by a look that Diana yeah, wore it's close. in 1983. Yeah. Um, and the other one I absolutely love. It's my all-time favorite. It's the yellow head-to-toe outfit with a hat. The tricorner hat. Oh, my God. But see,
1: that was one where I was like, that doesn't look like that. No, Diana. but
0: she wore something similar in, 19, again, 1983. Yeah. So you can find similar looks, but right. not necessarily the same. The only thing that's yeah. really
1: recreated is her wedding gown for a, but even a brief so, fantasy yeah. sequence. Yeah. But everything else is Diana, but just a little off. And um, again, that feels correct to me. That feels deliberate to me. I just want to return to the idea that this... film is so loaded with metaphor and symbolism to the point that it can get overloaded yes Uh, so there's again i don't want to get dive too far into what these things are but there's the scarecrow right incredibly symbolic in like three or four different ways and there is and this fascinated me the wire cutters which I will not go into what they were. She asks for them at one point, and I'm like, what is she? What was that? Did she say something about wire cutters? And then they figure in three different scenes, in three different ways, and each way they are used indicates something about Diana's life or state of mind. And you would, you know, you get to the third usage of it, and you're like, who? Who would think to make wire cutters a major symbol in Diana's life? But it actually works. Uh, again, you're getting away from anything that has to do with the real person. You are getting into an interpretation of the broad strokes, which gets me to my next point, which is the second half of this, which is less about a review and more about the things that have arisen, arisen around this film. The first one uh, we mentioned briefly on on Twitter. Twitter last week or so, because I had read three or four different reviews of the film that were highly critical of it, which, you know what? I really loved the film. I think it's Academy Award material, but I can see criticisms for it. Um, But they were coming from straight male critics who were very dismissive of the idea that this film was made at all. And they, each of these reviews asked some variation on the question of who asked for this. Right. And we have gotten that sometimes in comment sections or in replies to tweets about Diana or about this film or about the crown. Where people just are like, well, who asked for this? Um, if she's been dead. Who cares? You know, that sort of thing. And this irritates me a little bit. Not because I'm some sort of Diana fan or some champion of Diana as a figure, but because when you say something like that, you were. it's sort of like back in the day when they used to really rag on Sex and the City. And it was just a bunch of male critics ragging on female-centric material that appealed to a specific. And Diana appeals to a specific set. She doesn't appeal to all women, obviously. But she has deep appeal to broad, you know, swaths of women. She has appealed to them as, you know, there's the princess fairy tale. There's the young woman right. who was thrown into something too large for her. There's the fact that she is was, by all accounts, an amazing mother. That's an identification factor for a lot of women. There's the fact that she her heart was badly broken. Again, that's an identification factor for a lot of women. It is also, all of these things are identification factors for gay men as well, which is why she is that... On top of everything else, she was an historic figure in terms of AIDS acceptance. She And, and, and certain gay men over a certain age will never forget those images like, of her.
0: How she transformed her life in, in right. a way that she just decided that, you know, my life is in the toilet, so might as well help others. And she did. That she is a universally that. appealing yes, story. Yes, yes. I
1: get it if you're not into it. But if you're questioning who the hell asked for this, you're being dismissive of something right, that right. has obvious appeal for people who aren't straight men. Um, so I was very annoyed by that and it keeps popping up. And one of the things that we, I said in that tweet thread was we follow like on Twitter, on all social media, we follow a lot of women oriented publications, all the, every single fashion publication. And I'm talking in every language we have, we follow every edition of Vogue. They all pop up on our timeline. Most of their social media isn't even in English, but, um, we also follow entertainment, all the big ones, entertainment magazines, entertainment websites, all the gay ones. All, the, yeah, So my point being, our timeline is 15, 15 posts a day on Diana every day oh of God. the year yeah, every day. for for as long as I can remember. Yes. So when I hear people say, who asked for this? I'm like,
0: well, this is kind of annoying. A lot of people. <laughs> you
1: don't see what I see, and that's fine, but I see a current ongoing, never-dying fascination with this woman that has only gotten more intense since Harry and Meghan have decided to, you know, sort of relitigate all of her complaints about the family. Um, So she has become even more of a symbol and a figure in the years since her death. Also, you don't say this about men 25 years after their deaths. Met famous, great, world right, famous right, right. men. No one asks why people are still talking about them 25 right. years later. And
0: one thing about Diana that every time we talk about Diana and how miserable she was with the family and that she was not right for the family at all, right? Um, not that you know, there's a sense that she was a bad person, but I don't, I don't see that way. I see someone who did not she belong there. Yes, yes. I mean, she was complicated. Yes, but she did not belong to that environment, Uh, you know. No, she
1: never should have been in it.
0: She should have, no, not at all. And I can't help but think of, of Catherine, uh, like how different they are in this way, that uh, how one accepted, embraced the whole family, you know, a hundred percent. And the other one had major issues with it. So it's interesting. So you can't really just blame Megan saying, oh, she's from another country. She doesn't get it. You have two women from the same country uh, with the same kind There's of history. a long history of people marrying yes, into yes. that
1: family and being miserable. Right, I mean, right, right. or just miserable marriages. The, you know, going back to Edward, who wasn't allowed to get married, to Margaret, right, who wasn't right. allowed to get married and then wound up having a miserable marriage. Um, so, you know... That family's history is fascinating in the sense that, God damn, they are so freaking dysfunctional. It's they ridiculous. Are,
0: I know. The whole, the entire time I'm watching the movie, I was like, oh my God, I can't stand any one of them. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. So this brings to the other thing that keeps arising around the discussion of this film and around the discussion of any portrayal of Diana for, uh, is the idea of who has the right? Do you, do people have the right? Like, you know, William and Harry are still, because there are, Extended scenes with young William and right. young Harry, which are painful yes, to watch. Yes, yeah, And there are times where you're like, oh, "Okay, I really feel like I'm getting into some, you know, behind the scenes stuff here." But, uh, and this came up last year when, um, uh, Emma Corrin came on board to the Crown, and the the show got into the nitty gritty and the ugliness of that marriage, and portrayed Charles in a very bad light. And suddenly, all of Charles's friends were uh, in the press talking about um, how awful this was and how inaccurate it was and how terrible it was that they were exploiting him and blah, blah, blah. And I said at the time, and I still say this, why is it every time someone does a take on Charles's marriage, it's suddenly off limits? But I mean, the the crown was on for three or four, three seasons, and it was fully Elizabeth and Philip's marriage, including his cheating. Right. And nobody ever said, oh, that's exploitive. Um, My point being, the reason you always hear this stuff about um, this criticism of these Diana portrayals that are coming from basically inside the palace uh, is because any portrayal of Diana damns the family completely. It is just terrible press for the family. It is terrible press for Charles. And there's even talk that the crown has um, single-handedly re-ruined Camilla's Um, reputation like people are back to looking at her as this terrible woman who blah 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 so um i think some of that is fueled by the politics of the, the the royal family politics of the situation like we must do an outcry anytime they approach diana because to tell diana's story is to make all of the central figures in the royal family look like total shitheads right um and they don't one it's one thing to say oh you know philip may have run out on elizabeth 70 years ago but it's another thing to say that the next king of england was a complete shit to his wife Um, maybe
0: because she died i think it has a lot to do with that has a lot to do with it. i think so um maybe the fact that she died and and she died in a way that you know it was absolutely horrible and not and and kind of like sort of the you know I'm not saying is the reason why she died, but you know, the paparazzi and her miserable life and everything. And people so focused on her is m- m- mainly the reason why she had the accident. Right you know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very tragic. It's very sad. And, uh, and, and, They just don't like it. Yeah, but it gets to my... But
1: I've heard people, like, I've heard just critics and, and, you know, journalists and just commenters on social media and such complain that this film was being made, that it wasn't fair to the boys, quote unquote, um, and that it was exploitive and it felt very, you know, behind the scenes. And listen, if you feel that way, don't go see this film because it, like I said, it is not kind to her at all um, at at many points. This was my take, and I remember thinking this last night, if I was going to write a review, I would say this. This film is um, extremely sympathetic to Diana, but it does not elevate her in any way. Right. It does not. There's no pedestal here. She comes off. It's not that she comes off looking like a bad person. Not at all. Um, she comes off looking like a person in a tremendous amount of pain. Like
0: a, yeah. A um, troubled person, I'd yeah, say. Um, but
1: it's not like Diana the Saint. It's not like Diana the Perfect Person. But my point, I keep circling around here, is um, the idea that she's somehow off limits or because her family members are still... Well, that's the part that I don't get. I mean, they made movies... How many movies did they make about the Beatles while... Most of them were still alive. How many movies have they made about Elvis while his wife and child are still alive? How many movies have they made about presidents where, where they're like John F. Kennedy? They were making movies while Jackie was still alive. When you step into a level of fame, power, and influence at a, you know, at that level, worldwide fame, power, and influence, and yes, the Beatles, John F. Kennedy, you know Marilyn or uh, Princess Diana are all in that realm. When you step into that realm of that Kind of influence, that kind of historical level of when you are one of the names, when they list the names of your century, and Diana is one of the names when you list 20th century people, you're, you have, like it or not, you are not a person anymore. You have become a figure even before Diana died. And she knew it. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things she really had a hard time with was that she was no longer, you have stepped into history. You are the first wife of the next king of England. You know, you are the mother of the king of england after that and it was a very tumultuous very public very scandalous period of life for the royal family that's just history and to say that artists and writers and directors and so on can't or shouldn't interpret that history because it's painful or because their children might not like it or something i can't disagree with that more strongly I,
0: i agree with you yeah
1: i just can't i don't like I don't. I'm not pro exploitation. Let's say I'm not arguing for that. On the other hand, I think it's the ship has sailed on exploiting Diana as a figure. That's it's like JFK or Marilyn. Like they are too big to say you're exploiting her. She is. She means more than she ever was when she was alive. She is a symbol to millions and millions and to literal right. generations. And that symbol has almost nothing to do with who the real woman was. Um, that's what's so interesting about Spencer is that it really does try and almost use that symbolism to give you an idea of who Diana was, even if it's not realistic. It felt to me from everything I've read about Diana, from from all the interviews I've seen with her, um, it felt very honest and true, right. but not Accurate,
0: right? I think the the movie, I think that's what the movie's trying to do. Yeah, not so much give you facts or, or a specific weekend, but how she felt in January life, yeah. uh, packed into one uh, in a
1: horrifying situation, situation. where situation. her mind yes. was unraveling. Yes. yes, um, so yeah, I really truly loved this film. Um, but I it is not without its flaws, and I would probably recommend that if you feel films like this are problematic or then you probably shouldn't see it if you are where if you hold diana really closely to your heart i wouldn't tell you not to see it because i do think like i said it's extremely sympathetic to her i think it's probably one of the most sympathetic portrayals you're going to see of diana that lets you see all of the um let's just see the things that contributed to who she was and made her act the way that she did i mean there are scenes man I don't, with the kids that are just, right. you know, where you're just like, oh, I think, that's I, painful. I think that's
0: what I like about the movie, that little segments here and there, a few seconds here and there give you so much. Yeah. They inform so much or yeah. they make you think about so many things, uh, the times with the kids uh, in the movie. Uh, you kind of get it. We're like, I was watching the scenes with the movie and I was like, oh, now I understand better why it affected one kid more than the other. Oh, yeah. Right? I yeah. thought about that. I was well, like, William oh, was older,
1: yes. So he got to see, and this, I've said this, but I was talking to the fuck girls one time about this on social media, and they agreed that he he saw more. He saw, he saw more, more of that he was marriage, older. yes, and,
0: yes. And, and Harry and her behavior. Not, Harry not had a more yeah. idealized
1: image of his yes. mother because he was younger. Yes, because he was um, a
0: little kid. Yeah,
1: and it's why, I, you know, it's sometimes I cringe a little when William starts talking about, like, say the Martin Bashir interview where she was tricked into. Because it just it just sounds like him towing the family line and and making just trying to discount that entire interview because the circumstances surrounding it were were, f- but that does his mother a disservice. Not for me to say because right. I'm not in that family. There's but one, you're basically saying my mother was too stupid to know what she was talking about right. during that. There's interview. one
0: scene, and I'm not going to give anything away that you kind of understand it, and it's fascinating to see how the kids kind of like embrace the it family. It does explain William and Harry. Yeah, it explain and and and. Te- and sort of shows you why the kids embraced the family and she's still uh you know someone completely right uh, right. uh indifferent or not hostile as, to the family yeah hostile to the whole family yes there's a scene where the kids are actually embarrassed don't she, go any no problem. i'm not gonna but anyway but it, it's it's fantastic but at uh, the same
1: time that it also shows they're complete they were completely in love with their right? mother oh
0: my god they loved her um yeah
1: and they would have done anything for her and i think that's very true of the boys from what we understand of their childhood anyway um kristen stewart amazing amazing kristen meticulously stewart. constructed performance that should get a nomination but I am not sure she would actually win the no, Academy Award against some of the other people that are no, being discussed. I
0: don't think she should. I mean, not she would win, um, but she definitely deserves a nomination. I've always loved her. It's the best I, work of her career. Yeah, I really loved her. I don't know what it is about her that I'm fascinating and I love Kristen Stewart. I did. Well,
1: cause she's queer. She's, and, you all, know.
0: but not just that. I just love her. I think she's so cool. And she has really worked hard, mm. uh, as an actor. Um, and perfected herself and 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 this is amazing It's I really really amazing uh it is the performance
1: uh, of her career and you will like so just so i don't give the impression that is a completely mortifying or depressing film although it's not a particularly uplifting film she does find the humor in diana she finds yes, like, yes. N- not just the sarcasm that diana was actually very very good at but the humor of what it's like to be Diana, self
0: pity, yeah, in a way,
1: um, yeah. The self pity. What do you mean?
0: Uh, I don't know. Like sometimes she she makes jokes that she she realizes what she's going through, or she yeah, you know, I mean, or the, how, absurdity how, uh, the absurdity of it. The absurdity of it. Oh, how she uh, you know how too much she's she she's, right. she's been at the moment. Uh,
1: but yeah, I highly recommend it. I I think it is not like i said not not historically accurate but uh, emotionally probably very true um and you know if you're not inclined to watch it then don't but i feel like anybody has the right to tell you know diana's too big a figure to say you can't tell that person's no, I think story it's,
0: it's a great movie i highly recommend it uh Kristen's story is amazing uh and it's beautiful it's just a beautiful movie
1: it is beautiful and it, it is haunting the um locations Again, if you know enough, like I mean, I know what Sandringham looks like, and it doesn't look like that. Um, but that's fine because this is some, you know, Earth two version everything. of yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be our version of it. And the inside, the interiors are so. beautiful. The interiors beautiful. Of course, the sets are gorgeous. The set is beautiful. How about that bathroom?
0: Oh my god, everything is
1: absolutely. Which I would assume was a set, uh, but there is she spends quite. A, it's, it's basically Princess Diana's bathroom while she's at Sandringham,
0: which is my dream bathroom. But it's
1: also. Um, over the top yeah. so you know a lot of people have talked about a lot of critics have talked about this film being a, a camp classic a poten- and it does have that potential but I would suggest that if it is if you want to look at it through a camp lens it is very much the sort of Susan Sontag classic uh, description of camp in the sense that it's not their intention. It's this is this isn't John Waters. They're not intentionally being campy. Right, right. If you find camp in this movie, it's because of the seriousness of it and how ludicrous, you know, and how ludicrous that seriousness can be. And that bathroom, to me, I was like, see that bathroom. When people ask what's camp, that's camp. Right. That bathroom design. And if you know, if you've seen it, you know which one I'm talking about. Is just so. Completely ridiculous in a palace sort of way
0: i'm sure that's what it's, bathrooms it, in the palace look it's like The perfect bathroom
1: uh that shower <laughs>
0: <gasps> that shower anyway, was amazing nothing else watch the movie just to see the just bathroom. for the bathroom porn <laughs> the campy bathroom
1: <laughs> anyway uh that's it we just wanted to get we have been talking about this movie for a year and a half and gloating know, and this I and that and the other thing so really wanted to give our final thoughts and sort of slot it into the larger picture of how diana gets discussed yes. And whether we should be discussing her. And I we should. People I, we should. People are interested. People are fascinated. And I, I completely understand if other people aren't I, I don't personally have a specific fascination with Diana. She's part of my
0: I I, I actually don't. My uh,
1: brief in terms of what we write about. I or,
0: appreciate her for many, many things. Right. Including the age things thing. But um no, I'm not I you know my my opinion about the family. I right. can't stand them. Right. Um, uh, and I don't understand why people, you know, But I do understand
1: them. the fascination with her. I've never questioned that. But with that. her, yes, yeah.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. There's a reason why. Yeah. Um,
1: There's a lot of reasons why. Yeah. But she is a symbol of um much in the same way Jackie Kennedy was a symbol of feminine pain. Um, and that's why she is such an iconic and powerful right, right. figure to women and to gay men. To you know, um, and, and Jackie I, and I was have, largely the same way.
0: Yeah, and I want to emphasize the fact that yes, yeah, she she had a horrible life for a long, long time, but at some point she decided that she was going to help others, and she's going to right. do good she was gonna help the the world the people in the world and she did it and she did it for for a long time and unfortunately she died because but imagine what she would be like now right right. uh in terms of you know saving the world um she'd be a fascinating woman now um free to do probably free and, and much happier now who knows um but anyway it's 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 an interesting she, life she yeah. just
1: spent the last 25 years making life hell for that entire family and you know it.
0: <laughs> are you <laughs> kidding me are you anyway, kidding me but she would be saving people
1: too. Uh, Come on. anyway uh so that's it that's our thoughts on spencer would love to hear from those of you who have seen the film and or those of you who don't want to see the film because of some of the things we no, said but here. i
0: highly recommend it but um highly highly recommend it. yeah Kristen um, stewart is amazing
1: so we'll be back—not uh, next week because it's Thanksgiving—but the week after that, with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desks. Until then, take care of yourselves and happy for those of you in America. Yeah. Have a lovely holiday, and uh, we'll see you then. Love you, mean it. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: Bye.